Studio. Is that what I think it is? Yeah, it does scream, but I think it's dying. What? Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. That's so cool. It's supposed to scream. So it's got a battery. Well, it should be powered by screams, right? Yeah. Exactly. Or laughter. I'm scared because we care. (laughs) That is so cool. so many containers. That is really cool. Is that from Disneyland? No, it's from the Disney store. The Disney store, of course. I have so many. You probably got a huge discount when you were working there. Uh, huge. Not a huge discount, but some good perks that I didn't want to leave. But I What didn't were get. the perks? So What are you doing, Turpin? This is loose. Um when you start you get twenty percent off. And then I think once you're there for like two years, then it got ups to thirty five percent off. Regular price or sale price items. Oh, that's just any uh, perks in terms of Disney parks? Mm-hmm. So in a year, we would get two comp passes, so complimentary passes, park hoppers. So they would give us, and so we get them in summer and then winter, and they last two years. And then we also got, after I was there, when I started, they didn't have it yet. It was just for Americans, but like a maybe like a, a bit over a year I was there. Canadians finally got uh, a main gate pass. You so. always get things later. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So we got a main gate and we were allowed, we can, it was to get us in for free, obviously, because we're cast members, we get in for free anyway, but then we were allowed to let in three other people in for free. Wow. Yeah. So I did take advantage of that a bit, but then COVID happened and yeah. ruined everything. And then Bob Chapek closed the stores. Yeah, we don't like Bob Chapek. And then <laughs> Iger's back, and so we're like, wow, thank you, Iger. Why couldn't you just stay? Yeah, but is he going to reopen the stores? I doubt it. <sighs> I don't think so. So there are no more Disney stores in Canada? No. Not Anywhere. in the lower mainland, Anywhere? right? Yeah. I think, the only, I think the one even in Calgary is closed. Yeah, I don't think anywhere in Canada. No, I don't think anywhere. Anywhere. They still have one in Times Square. Yep. They still have, like, outlet stores. Yep. Where they get rid of stuff like there is one at the premium outlets just south of us in Tulalip, but I think oh, yes, that one I've been there. Yeah, but I think like brick and mortar Disney, mm-hmm. that was Bob Chapek's thing. He's like, no, we're going to move the experience to online. And uh-huh. my my argument at that point in time was Disney licenses so much merchandise that you can go on Amazon and buy Disney stuff. You don't go online to buy Disney stuff. You go to the Disney store for the experience of going to the store. Exactly. It was like going to a mini Disneyland. Yeah. Like every time I would walk into one. Yeah. yeah. I loved being there. Dana helped us pick out pajamas for Kyla. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yes. It was a great time. Yes. Love being a personal shopper. It's great. Did cool. enjoy. I think the last time I saw you before you visited here was at the Disney the store. Disney store. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw most of my teachers there. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Mr. Waldman came in a few times. Well, so. But he didn't go in for his kids. He went in for himself. He did, honestly. He's a Star Wars nut job. We did have some good Star Wars. So am I. There's no. nothing wrong with that. Just no. making an observation. <laughs> How long did you work at the Disney store? Um, before you became, because you, you were a manager, I was a, I was a, not when I left, so I became a seasonal manager kind of at the end. Mm. Um, So I started right after high school, I got hired in August. 
because you have to be 18 to work at the Disney store, and I thought you could be 16, but you cannot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, so you have to be an adult to work at a children's store. But That's okay. hilarious. I love yeah. the irony. Yeah, right? And so, uh, um, yeah, so started right after high school. So I was, I just turned 18 in June, and or 17. No, I think it was 18. No, mm-hmm. 18 in June. So I was there f- till 20. So I was there for four years, and we closed in July 20. 21, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that's when it closed, when JPEG closed them all. So, yeah, I was there for four years. Um, I was seasonal manager, I think, in 2020 for around, like, Christmas time. I was so seasonal manager for about six months or so, four months. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can also apply to be a Disney store ambassador. So that's, like, the you know the best of the best. That's when you get, like, a little care package from Jonathan Story. So he's head of Disney stores. Mm. So I applied for that and I really wanted Jonathan to Story? That's his name. That's not a made up name. That's <laughs> not a made up name. No. That is not. Surprisingly no. <laughs> wow. That's yes. a cool name. It's very it's pretty cool. And so you get a whole like little care package like congratulations like you're a Disney ambassador so you get like this little thing it's signed by him you get like this little kind of trophy plaque with your name on it and then you get like this thing that goes on your name tag at the Disney store that says Disney, that says ambassador. So it's a it's a important not important but it's So what does it mean when you're ambassador? It just means like you know, you know the best Disney knowledge. You know everything uh, about it. Di- like you kind of like are the the go to. Yeah, your go to person, and you're the pretty much you're better than everybody else because mm-hmm. you're ambassador. So Elitism. Like, <laughs> literally, there's literally there's pretty much it doesn't really change anything. Like you don't get a, like someone's like, oh, do you get a raise? And I'm like, no, it's literally just the name, and then you get like a fun little package. So. That's, well, that's cool. still cool though. It's free stuff. Like, you must stuff. own a Disney trivia. I don't. I remember when I was here, you did Disney trivia. Did I? Yeah, we once. did it. Uh, yeah, like on was it Star Wars Day or something? No, it was, no, it was Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It was it was Mickey Mouse's anniversary because he. Oh right, right, right. That would have been That's, yes. That would have been twenty seven. Was that when we gave away the Funkos? When we gave away the Funko to, to yeah. David. That's right. David Valencia won it. He got a Steamboat Willie. No, no, oh. it, we couldn't find Steamboat Willie. We found Firefighter Mickey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They have so nice fun. I have so many Funkos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's too many. Yeah. So um, you have loved Disney for a long time. Have we, have we done an intro? Did I miss the intro? Uh, no, I typically don't do an intro because podcasts have an intro. <laughs> Maybe you're not familiar with podcasts. Okay, you do an intro. How many Go. times have I been on this one? Okay, do the intro. <laughs> I'm new here. <laughs> Let's get ready to Tur- rumble. No. Um... It's uh, Turpin and Kong, and we're here with Dayanara Sinclair. Hi. Alumni, class of 20, 2017. 2017. Like six years. Holy smokes. Where does the time go? And I remember teaching you in English 11. Mm-hmm. And at that time, uh, we bonded over Disney. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me that you wanted to animate for Disney. And not that I ever doubted you, <laughs> but I was just like, yeah, of course, here we are. Little, little one-story cinder block building in North Delta, and Literally. student with dreams of grandeur. You know, you keep dreaming, keep dreaming, because you know a dream is a wish your heart makes, right? Yeah. Is that really what you thought? You thought of me? <laughs> no, no, no. But I like, no, no. I, I obviously I have high expectations and high hopes for my students. I knew you're going to be Thanks getting somewhere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did I ever teach you? No. 
Hilarious. Oh. ADST, probably. <laughs> Maybe like. Right? Like grade eight. Yeah, I think grade yeah, eight. I must. I taught that everyone. That was literally the only time. That was the only time. <laughs> but I, I still knew. Exactly. You still knew grade eight. I don't even know what I wanted to do I, in grade eight. I knew you were a talented artist. Yeah. And I knew you were incredibly passionate. And I knew you were driven. And why putting those three things together didn't just, oh yeah, of course she's going to make it. Of course she is. But you did it. You made it. I made it. And now you are working for? Icon Creative Studios, working on a Disney Junior TV show. So it's on Disney Junior TV right now. Not on Disney Plus in Canada. No, because Disney... Likes to do like weird things with their own licenses. Yeah. And we don't have any merch out here either. It's all in the States or on Amazon. So yep. I had to go to Target and get my merch. Wow. Yeah, sad. Did you get a discount? Of course not. No, of course not. Mom told the Target guy, so he was proud of me. <laughs> That's nice. The Target guy <laughs> the knows Target who made guy. that. He knows, he knows who made hey, Alice's I made Wonderland this. Bakery. I made this. <laughs> yes. My daughter made this. <laughs> and the show is called Alice's Wonderland Bakery. It is. Can yeah. you give us a little rundown of the show? Um, okay, so it's kind of like Alice. So Alice, like kind of your old school cartoon, so like the classic um, Alice, but this is Alice's great-great-granddaughter. Her also her name is Alice. Of course. <laughs> Why else would her name be anything else? Yep. And then so we still have kind of the OG characters of the original film, but kind of switched up for children. So we have Alice, we have Hattie, so instead of the Mad Hatter, they're all, and they're all children. Mm-hmm. So Alice, Hattie, Rosa is the daughter of the Queen of Hearts, and um, Fergie is going to be, um, like, Fergie is going to be like the rabbit's, okay. like the rabbit's son. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, so the main squad is Alice, Fergie, Hattie, Rosa, and then we have Cookie the Cookbook. So she's the one that goes through all the recipes. So each episode is they're going to be making something different. And of course, the children's show has like a meaning behind it. So each show has like a reason for showing it. Of course. Yeah. 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 So um, So there's recipes. So it's like a cooking show as well. Literally a baking show. show. A very, Mm -hmm. a very wonderland baking show. So So it's it's not like the kids could go to the kitchen and make these recipes. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) You can very try. And because we have... Like, uh, there's like, um, what's it called? Like bread and butterflies. There's like upside down jam. Like, I don't know the names for things. Like it's the normal foods, but then with like a wonderland twist Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Some butterflies. Do they make it, do they make an unbirthday cake? They do. Hattie has had many unbirthdays in season one. I think he had like three and then Rosa had an unbirthday party. Okay, what's an unbirthday? Sorry. Have you not seen the original <laughs> Alice in Wonderland? Like like the really old one? Like the oh my goodness. Or even the, the live animated action one? one? The animated the one, yes. Animated one it's been it. such a long time. Yes. Yeah, same. Um I'm gonna try and remember the year now that it came out. It's gotta be what, seventies? No, 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 no. It was before that. I I, I would have actually said late fifties. Okay. Now I gotta Google. Yeah. But um, so an unbirthday is when you have a birthday when it's not actually your birthday. Yeah. So it could be like any day. Because right now, Mr. Kang, it'd be like happy unbirthday. Yeah. And uh, then we throw a big party for you. Is yeah. it like when you walk into Denny's and tell them it's your birthday and then you get free meals? Yeah. No, that's unethical. <laughs> I think you have to show your ID now at Denny's. That's so. unethical. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And then they sing a song, a very merry unbirthday. Yep. Oh yeah, okay. there's songs that this is also a musical TV show, Alice's Wonderland oh, I Bakery. Love it. 
So we have a lot of fun songs. Oh. Song sequences, like a dad See, made. It's a lot of fun. My children are right now the age where they are loving the Disney Junior lineup that we do get on Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah. My youngest is really into Tots, which I believe cool. was one of your studios. Yep, my shows. studio did that. We sold a lot of merch. Yep. Um, my eldest is super into, oh, early 50s, 51. 1951. 51. Yeah. Oh so gosh. that would have been right on the heels of Cinderella. Yeah. Cinderella was 1950. Mm, um, my eldest right now is really into Elena of Avalar, mm-hmm. which is a, a cool we show. Did that too. Yeah. You did that one as well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I didn't personally studio right, did, right, right. but I'm just like, I knew about all these because yep. we sold them at the Disney store. So of I'm course. like, yeah, yeah. once I found out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to work here because they work on Disney stuff. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, um, Elena was popular. They, uh, uh, we've dabbled in The Rocketeer, okay, which I thought was really cool because I was a big fan cool. of the movie The Rocketeer, and they did a, a Disney oh, you, Junior show. Oh, it's an animated animated show. Okay. Um, Sophia the First, we've done. Muppet, oh, I know Sophia the First. Yeah. <laughs> Muppet Babies, we've done a lot of Muppet Babies, but the shows are so good. Like, you know, there's there's some stuff out there, and you know, I don't want to put Dayanara's career in any trouble here, so I'm not going to badmouth anything. <laughs> but there might be like a. a, a particular swine from England that I'm not as big a fan of that my children have enjoyed from time to time. Peppa Pig. I wasn't going to name any names, but, but like I can, I can actually watch these Disney junior shows. Like they're, they're quality, quality shows. They're, they're entertaining and they're really cute. And, and I, I really want to watch Alice's Wonderland Bakery. I know. I wish it would on Disney Plus. So Disney needs to get that in order because Canadians like Disney too. So hundred percent we do. I wonder how they decide. What goes? There, there must be some marketing research, or maybe none. <laughs> Who knows? None at all. They're just winging it. Hmm. Who knows? They I think uh, what I actually think, and I could be wrong here, but I think you can order Disney Junior as a premium cable channel. Yes. So companies like Rogers and Bell have a license to have Disney Junior, so that they can sell premium cable. And because of that license, they can't put those oh. shows onto Disney Plus. That makes sense now. Oh, yeah, because you can get like a lot of people of my friends. They don't have Disney, like they don't have. Nope, they do have Disney Plus. Sorry, they don't have Disney Junior yeah. cable channel yes. because you have it's an extra like couple dollars yes. to add on your thing, and it's just why. <laughs> Especially when you're already paying for Disney Plus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. understand why you can't have everything on it. Yeah. Well, sometimes they remove things. I was watching Amazing Race. Yeah, we were going back through all the seasons, and uh, we were like halfway through a season, mm-hmm. and it just disappeared. <laughs> no, and our family was devastated because we were yes. really into it. And, like where you and it was gone. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you take things away? It's so weird. Yeah, Netflix took off Shrek. Yeah. All the Shreks except for I think one of them. And I'm like, are That's you kidding me? That was my go-to. Like if I'm having a nap, put on Shrek. I think I think weird. Shrek has moved to Crave. Oh really? I just yeah. I just deleted that. Situation. I don't know how it works. It's weird. Me neither. So so can you talk us a little bit through your journey? So so you leave the Hollywood halls of Delview Academia yes. and you you begin working at the Disney store. Yes. But working at the Disney store is not a guarantee of having a career as an animator. Yeah. Which is now what you are doing. So how did you get from working at the Disney store to working at Icon Entertainment? Okay. Um, so after high school, yes, got hired at the Disney store and I was still deciding if I wanted to get into 2D animation or 3D animation, um, because 2D, so it's just classical drawing, kind of like what Disney used to do, like really old, like all the, like Cinderella, Snow White, Mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beast, all that fun drawing stuff. 
And I'm just like, I could do it, but I'm just like, I want to work in movies, like more Disney movies. So I want to sit in a theater and watch something that I created. So I'm just like, that's probably mostly 3D because a lot of 2D drawn stuff is more TV shows that mm-hmm. you see on TV. Mm-hmm. So like Parks and Rec, and I know it's Parks and Rec. Yeah, they actually, I think they do have an animated Parks and Rec. Do they? Okay. I was going to say, like Simpsons. um, Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Yeah, it's all 2D drawn. Or it's probably like 2D and 3D kind of vibe. But Phineas and Ferb, all that fun stuff that I used to watch. Phineas and Ferb. I love Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, do I want to stay in TV for the rest of my life? Or do I want to go and learn something new and do 3D and learn all the online stuff? And I'm not a computer person at all. Like, I know nothing. Even now, still know nothing. Um, so I was looking into that. I was looking at different studios because I had Vancouver Film School in my brain. Like we had a talk, someone came in and talked about it in Mr. Choi's class in animation in grade 12. So I'm like, okay, so that was always in the back of my mind, but I checked out other studios, but it just wasn't it. And it was always coming back to Vancouver Film School and Vancouver Film School had a year intensive, um, 3D animation and visual effects program. And so at the end, you get like a diploma, so a piece of paper. But it's very more Mm industry-based. And I feel like all these other studios were just like teaching you stuff. But Mm. these, the Vancouver Film School, of course, you're paying for the name. Of course, you're paying for that on your your resume when you go get a job after, which is great. But hella expensive. Uh, So I really have to think about it. So two, I defer. I didn't defer, sorry. I just, after I worked at the Disney store for two years before I made a decision. Um, yeah, so I did not, I was just working for two years, just vibing, and then decided to go to Vancouver Film School um, in 2020. And so I started in their summer program. So I went to, was in their campus down in Gastown. So I had to bank like a whole demo reel, had to draw some stuff and then apply and then do all that fun stuff about getting into college, all the same stuff. Just you have to show like your art ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got in and um, went to class for two weeks and then COVID happened. No. Yeah. So I had to literally stuff that is meant to be taught in person had to be all transferred and taught online. So I had like my whole setup at home in my living room for a whole year. It was tough as hell, but I feel like if I didn't want to do what I was doing and really want to do animation, I probably would have failed. Like it was, it was tough. Like, cause all the teachers were still trying to figure it out. Right. So you're not getting the full like intimacy of the teachers in person for you. And then, not getting that connection with understanding learning because I'm right. a hands-on learner. I like stuff in front of me. I like textbooks. Yeah, 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 I like yeah. everything. And it was really tough online. So, um, but I passed. Um, so yeah, I went to Vancouver Film School, graduated online. Everything was online. My graduation was online. Um, so that took us through. So you didn't even get to experience that campus. <laughs> Only for two weeks. <laughs> oh. That, that's yeah. a cool campus in Gastown. It was very cool. Because it originally was constructed and opened as Storium, that really? underground oh, museum. Story. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There's a whole underground world under Vancouver. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't even get oh. to go into the um, like the green screen room. Yeah, um, yeah. We were supposed to learn how to do that in visual effects, and we weren't able to do that. <laughs> oh, so. that's too bad. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Storium. That was cool. That's it was cool, cool, but it wasn't making enough money. No, well, because it it didn't attract repeat visitation. 
It was mm-hmm. one of the, it was one of those things where like you kind of went and did it once and thought, "Wow, that was really cool." Yeah. I'm glad I did that, and then you didn't go back. Do you know what Storium is? No. It was this like a his, um, like a historical Disney. <laughs> yeah, it was all it was like a, yeah. It was it was it was like live like they had it, actors. It was it was like a play. Yeah, it was like a play. And oh. and and you went on this journey through this play in different underground locations. Right. They don't really have rides, but they have some it, sort of elevator. Well, yeah, because it was all underground. So you yeah. would you would pay your admission, you get into this big elevator, kind of a la Haunted Mansion. Uh-huh. You would descend underground in this big elevator, and the door would open, and you'd be on the first set. And it was like a indigenous landscape of mm-hmm. old British Columbia. Mm-hmm. And and you would there would be like seating, but it would all be like themed seating. So it wasn't yeah. like bleachers or anything. And you would sit down and they would start telling the story. They had like circle vision. So yeah. the, the, the projection, projection mapping and stuff. All yeah. around you. It was really cool there. And wow. and um it it was a musical. Not all the songs were that catchy. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but, you know, it kind of went through the history of British Columbia. So you'd move through this underground environment and all of a sudden, like the next room, it was more developed. There was a town and you were seeing these buildings and then there was a railroad and, and it was really like, you could tell that a lot of money went into it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like, again, because it was like a play, it, unless you really liked the play, you wouldn't go back. Mm. It wasn't like a museum where you can just explore at your own pace and see the exhibits and read the. Th- it was like you're going through this play, and and I love. Don't get me wrong, I love theater. This is totally my thing. Mm-hmm. But I went and saw it once, and I thought that was really cool. But I don't need to go back because it was also expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how much it cost. I don't remember. Probably a bit. Yeah, I but took, yeah, I took my cousin uh, who was visiting from Hong Kong. Took him through that mm-hmm. once. Yeah, once. How long yeah. ago was this? I want to say that this was 2005, 2006. Oh, okay. Somewhere yeah. in that room. Yeah. And then it closed, and it sat there vacant for a long time. And then I heard that Vancouver Film School was buying the building, mm. and it was going to work out great because all the sets were left down there, There's and VFS yeah. wanted to utilize that space and say, well, if the sets are down there and they're already built, that can be like a sound studio or a soundstage. Yeah. So yeah, it's cool down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole like forest vibe. Yeah, there's big a big rocks. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's yeah, really yeah. cool. Yeah. It's like a whole different world down there. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. But you only got it for two weeks. I didn't even. I went down there once for like the viewing. Like when we first got there, they just showed us around like on our first day. Never, never went down there ever again in my life. Well, that is so sad because as an so alumni, unique. can't you just walk in yeah. and say, hey? I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> All my favorite teachers are gone anyway. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no, I ain't going back. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. Uh, yeah. Maybe you'll go back as an instructor. Maybe. I do have a fun. Some of my classmates went are like, they're either at, they're either at, um, so now it's called Beyond Cat. So, there's a Beyond Capture. It's called Beyond Capture mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. So, they actually do work on like different, um, like video games, like motion capture. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what Ooh. Beyond Capture does downstairs mm-hmm. so that's still there so a lot of my um classmates got hired at beyond capture so they just kept going back to vancouver film school but they just work downstairs cool so um yeah that was cool so how does the workflow work for you like when somebody comes up with an episode like how does the creative process work and how does it get handed to you yeah that's a a process. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so at Icon, I'm in like different. So there's different teams, 
and um, in animation. So I think there's about like six teams of about eight. So then you have like your levels of animators. You got junior, mid, senior. And there could be like two two seniors, two juniors, two. Like there could be a number of different ones, but at least there's one of each. And then there's a lead and then there's a director. And so the lead and the juniors animate mostly everything. And then the director is kind of in charge of looking at the shots and giving you feedback back and looking, making sure everything's together for that episode. He is the main boss and then everybody above him. So like production people and everything. But we don't deal with them personally as an animator. Um, but yeah, so we're in different teams. And then from our client, they give us um, like a, they have, we have our um, episode. So we get our episode name, we get a little layout of what's going to be happening. Um, our set, like what's going to be for assets and everything, characters, all that fun stuff that's going to be in this episode. And a little blurb of what this episode's about. Our team, well, because we, I work at home, so we can't we would meet in the we'd meet together in the studio i guess and watch the episode together but we can't so we do it online watch the episode any questions so on so forth and then they we our director hands us um well not hands us cuz we're online but gives us um breaks up the shots so in about an episode there's probably like 200 ish shots and so that gets breaking up between all like eight of us and so, like, the easier shots, less characters, less dialogue, less complicated, go to the juniors, and so on, it goes up. So the more, like, the singing shots and everything would go to mostly seniors. And then I'm a mid-animator now, so I get kind of in between. So a little bit of song, but mostly a lot of dialogue, most likely. So Or longer shots, so a couple frame lengths. So Because 12 frames is a second of TV time. So if you have like 200 and something frames, that's maybe like 20, some, not even 20 seconds. I don't know math, but. 12 frames per second. 12 frames per second. Mm. Yeah. So that's how we calculate everything. Oh, no. Is it 12? It was 24. No? No. It's 12. 12 frames. Because 24 it, frames per second is. That's, I think. Like video. Video. Yeah, that's video. So that's mm. how we look at it at 24 frames per second. But mm. counting the frames, I think, for the thing is 12 Mm-hmm. Every twelve frames is one second. Wow! I think if I'm wrong, I well, no, because it could be out. different. <laughs> yeah. I can understand how that would be different. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you can vary it for mm-hmm. a different look too, right? Yeah, yeah. but um, where was I? Because it's like when they did, I think it was Lord of the Rings, The like, Hobbit. Yeah, they did, or The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah they, they did like sixty frames per second. No, no, it was double. Wasn't it forty-eight? Forty-eight. Yeah, I think it was forty-eight frames per second. Mm. I thought it was more, but like people were saying, oh, it looks super smooth, but also unnatural. Yes, because <laughs> people just aren't used to that. Yeah, uh, that frame speed. Yeah, with the eyes. Yeah, so. frame rate. Yeah. Um, Can I ask? How, mm-hmm. So you talked about do I want to do two D? Do I want to do three D? And mm-hmm. you, you talked about not knowing a lot about computers. Yeah. What was your journey to three D? Oh gosh. Um, <clears throat> My journey to 3D. So I think the only thing that I actually did that kind of got me into 3D was here in Mr. Choi's animation class. He showed us like the ball animation that I remember doing in the program Maya. So we use Maya in the industry. So that was really nice to learn before going into college also. Um, I knew a bit of it, but Maya is a very interesting program. Yeah, we're not a fan of her, but that's okay. Um so yeah, I did a ball, bouncing ball animation, mm-hmm. literally so bad. I've done many, many since, but 
that was the first time introduced to Maya was in grade 12. And then college, that's what we used for animation was Maya. So we literally had to go through like the kind of like the tools we would need to animate Mm because there's like certain things in Maya that it's like modeling, texturing, and then there's also just an animation style look Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. Maya. So literally it's just mostly all the programs and then just learning how to use them because it's not that many. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not like super hard to learn. And then especially if you keep doing it, it's just that continue continue. Oh, totally. So yeah, like yeah. me explaining to my mom, she has no no idea. But like me doing it, I can just explain everything that I do in a day mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. animation. Like, oh, I do this, this, move this with this and this. And she's just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I think it's just like it's just like learning a new program. So if mm-hmm. you're learning, I don't even know a program to suggest. Um, well, when yeah. when you get handed down a project, is mm-hmm. it what form is it in? Is like is it storyboarded out already, and you're just trying to animate those scenes? Yeah. So the client. So after the, all the shots are given to us. Um, so yeah, the storyboard is all drawn out. So there is a storyboard artist where their client is, and they draw mm-hmm. out in two D. Um, camera angles, camera movements, and the characters where they are in the 2D set best that we could tell. Mm-hmm. And then so we have to move everything from 2D into 3D. So when we open up our Maya and we open up our shot, the um, the storyboard thing for that shot for the frames will be there with our Maya when we open it and then we just have to match the camera angle and then match them uh, where they are in the scene. Same with all the assets. If they're holding like a cup, if they're holding like a baguette, I don't know. If the different um, characters, if they have different outfits on and then we have to make sure they're in that 3D world in that set with said assets that are attached and then... um, we go through the shot and then we have to pose them for like the main poses because the storyboard only has like your like what are they called? I, they're not called main poses. They're called like story poses or like something like that. So that tells you what's happening in that moment. And then it just goes like one by one. So maybe in like a whole shot, there's probably like five poses for let's say Alice. But mm-hmm. when I go into animation, so once layout's done, gets approved by client, we get it back, and then now we have to go into animation. So everything we just set up that got approved, it's all like blocked and it's all really, really choppy. So now we have to go back in and actually move the characters and do the lip sync for the audio that we that's also added into that. So I So I, I assume for Alice and characters that have already been there, you're just taking from assets and, and reanimating or posing them, right? Yeah. And then uh, I guess more work is done for original characters, that new characters that come in. Yeah, so we have, so, because we just do, so once, because there's a whole other section job that does modeling. So they model all the new characters or the new assets or if there's something wrong or if we're missing, like, Alice really needs, like, a whisk. She normally always has a whisk. So mm-hmm. she needs, like, a different whisk that's, like, mm-hmm. bigger or smaller and we don't have it, then modeling, we have to let modeling know they have to make it, mm-hmm. and then it has to go to rigging, they have to rig it up, so mm-hmm. then we can, so can then it, it goes to animation mm-hmm. that we can actually use it in our animation. I, I like that you keep referring to the client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has to go back to the client. In, in this case, the client is Disney. 
I, I want to say yes. That we They just always refer to it as a client. So honestly, I have no idea. It could just be a random person. That mm-hmm. I think it just might be a representative of Disney, I'm Of course, assuming. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the show is Disney. It's a Disney show, yeah. It's a Disney show, so it has to be Disney. So Disney the, client, the a client. Disney person, mm-hmm. a Disney storyboard order, or artist. Right. I, I'm curious to know, and I might be jumping a few steps here. That's okay. Do you animate first, or do the actors record the voices first? Uh, so that we have all the voice audio first. Okay. Yes. Which does, it's, like, I always thought in shows it was always the animation first. Like, mm-hmm. I've always seen, like, behind the scenes for Disney, and it was always you see them talking and while they're already acting. While they're watching and they're, they're Yeah, yes. they're matching it up yeah, to yeah, yeah, the yeah, animation. Yeah. So I was always, like, confused. But, but I, th- I think maybe you get the voices and then you animate it and then they see the, the animation while they're recording it. Or re- I feel like that sorry. would be for probably like, like a Do you get the picture. final voices or maybe it's just preliminary? Um, things can get changed. So thing audio can get cut sometimes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it would just cut our shot that we already animated. But it's I, I don't think that's ever happened. Hmm. Or it just like gets cut at the end. So but, as an actor, yeah. what would be what do you think would be well, easier? As an actor, yeah. I've heard that there are multiple ways of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And it depends on the director, it depends on the company, it depends on the project. Yeah. Um, for me personally, having never done it before, but <laughs> always having the dream, yeah. um, I would like to see the animation while I'm talking. Mm-hmm. But I think, and I, I, I could be wrong here, but I think it's more cost effective to bring an actor into a room with multiple scripts do like a four-hour call and possibly record all the dialogue for like five or six different episodes. And then the actor's gone. Then everything goes over to animation and animation takes as much time as it needs to get things ready. And then if something has to change, you bring the actor back in for ADR, additional dialogue recording. That would be if a lip assignment isn't correct or if something has happened and we've needed to shift the story or change a line. Um, so then you'd bring the actor back in for ADR for a few things while they're also working on the next set of scripts that they'd be laying down tracks for. And that's, that's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be different. And I think it is. And for all the expert listeners out there, don't quote me on this. I think it's different for for motion picture. Yeah. I would Mm -hmm. say it's different for motion picture because I feel like the animator, like even, even now, like you've seen like. A lot of if anybody follows animators on Instagram, they can they post like like side by side like them acting the shot out yes. and then that. Mm-hmm. I don't really do that. I kind of just normally do it in my head unless I really mm-hmm. I or I get my mom to come and be like, oh mom, like from this pose to this pose, do something very like cartoony because mm-hmm. the show's oh, so, so cartoony. Cool. So mm-hmm. I'm like, how does this move? How do you hold a pencil? Like sometimes like in your brain you have no idea, right? But yeah, you yeah, really yeah. Have to see it, yeah. but. I feel like motion picture, that would be real. Like, they do that a lot, obviously, but I think maybe that's that's how they do the animation and the talking. And then that's when they would bring in the voice actors and then they would go back into animation and then touch it up even more. Like, oh, yeah. this actor did this. Because, like, I remember in Frozen, the um, actress that voiced Anna, she did something. And so, like, in the video that when she was doing the voice recording and doing the... Um, yeah, doing the voice recording, I guess that's the word. And um, the animators really liked what she did, so they put it in the 
in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, but that obviously happened after, but she yeah. was looking at the animation. Well, I, I heard, yeah. and again, this was probably a, a bonus feature on a DVD that I watched, that when they were animating the original Aladdin, mm-hmm. they did not do anything a lot of genie until after they had Robin Williams voice capture. I saw that too. And it was one of those things where you never know what Robin Williams is going to do. Mm-hmm. So because he's he's got such a unique voice and way of expressing himself, and, so. and he also did a lot of impersonations. Right. So all of a sudden, the animators are like, "Oh, Robin Williams just did an Ed Sullivan impression. So now we have to figure out how to draw the genie as Ed Sullivan. Yeah. Oh no! Now Robin Williams has done a Rodney Dangerfield. So now we need to do genie as Rodney Dangerfield, mm-hmm. and and it became that. You you could not have prepped that. Yeah, no. I think a lot of, especially yeah, a lot of that genie was not at all done prior by by the by the script by the script. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. But yeah, there's that's, that's kind of it. There's a really good. I think you've probably seen it on Disney Plus. They did a whole documentary about the making of Frozen Two. Oh, it's excellent. Right, you've seen that. Yes. Yeah. So they go through like, oh, it's awesome. You should see <laughs> you it. You should see it. Yeah. It's on the list. It's on the list. Because <laughs> they go through the whole process and composing the music and having the voice actors in and doing the animation. They talk a lot about the assets and and, and it was pre-COVID. Cool. Yeah. But um, Bobby Lopez and I'm totally blanking on his uh, wife's Kristen. name. Kristen. Anyways, they were in New York while the animators were in California. So pre-COVID, they were using Skype or Zoom to have their meetings um, while they were composing songs and, and writing things. Um, a lot of the animators, I think Kristen Bell uh, was in California, but Jonathan Groff was playing King George in Hamilton. So they did all of his audio recording in New York and he wasn't in studio in California with them. So mm-hmm. all like Lost in the Woods, there, there's a great shot in that mm-hmm. documentary where you see Jonathan Groff doing all the harmonies for Lost in the Woods, but he's doing it at a studio in New York oh my God. while everybody else is in Los Angeles getting this through Skype. It mm-hmm. was... That's crazy. It, we take it for granted now because we've lived in this COVID world where everything's on Zoom, but mm-hmm. at the time, like that must have been incredible to yeah. be coast to coast working on this this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been really cool. That's what is which is great. Like I love working from home and it, I just miss that interaction. For sure. Like most of like 90% of the time, but but yeah, we try to meet up. We meet up with our teams and everything, but it's it's different. Does how your, do you how do you access all that data from home? You must have amazing internet. Uh I think, do have like high speed. I have I pay for the internet, so yeah. it's like I don't know. But those always, files but. can't be small. So they're <laughs> must be huge. Cuz with the we use like we use it in um college also that's how we accessed um our kind of work studio or our work com- or our school computer from home mm-hmm. it's called teradici never heard of it yeah mm-hmm. so Teradici. so we use something similar to it well we used it for a bit and then we swapped over to something else i have no idea what it's called but it's literally so teradici is just kind of like a system that hooks you up to your your school work computer at the studio at the college mm-hmm. where you are. So mm-hmm. you can do access everything related. So it's like a total. So oh you're like goodness. remoting in. Literally. Accessing. Yeah. So I'm literally like not even screen sharing. It's literally, I am in that computer through this program. And when mm-hmm. I exit it, I log out of my work computer mm-hmm. wow. and it's like a regular computer. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So everything is literally saved on whatever the studio has over there. It has like nothing to do with our 
system, but Wi-Fi does affect, of course. Mm-hmm. So Now, is there a plan to go back to in-person working or are you going to be remote working for the foreseeable future? So we can, if we, like a lot of the new people, like new people getting hired, like I have a couple, I think of one or two team members that do work in studio, but they're mm-hmm. with like wherever, but most of the team obviously is at home. But my team has been there for probably like four plus years, a lot of them mm-hmm. in my team. So they're happy to be home. They have families at home. It's just mm-hmm. easier for them, cheaper for them. And I live pretty far. I live in Delta and then that's in Gastown. So it's a real truck, expensive, all mm-hmm. that fun stuff. But um if I wanted to, I can work in studio 100%. I just mm-hmm. can't do 50-50. So mm. I think that's just to keep things easier for the studio, of course, and then easier for me to have like stuff available for somebody. But It's great that they're still letting you do that because mm-hmm. oh, yeah, a lot 100%. of companies had said, you know, Everybody back. Everybody back. Everybody right. stay home. So. Thanks, Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. a lot of people that already had computers after COVID ha- or like once we were able to go back in studio, they were good to go. And then like, yeah, it was just like a step, a slow process to get us to where we mm-hmm. are now that we, if we wanted to go, we just got to talk to HR, see how that goes. But yeah, if we, if I wanted to, I could. So I just want to ask you in general, what, mm-hmm. what do you love about your job and what are some things that you don't like about your job because we all have careers here yeah. and um, there are things we like and some things we don't like. Yeah. What about um, what about for you? <laughs> um, what I love about my job? Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> I haven't really... My mom always asks me, she's like, oh, do you still love your job? I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I... Obviously, there's... Obviously, yes, it's a job. There's going to be mm-hmm. stuff. I complain about stuff all the time. <laughs> oh, but of I'm course, like, of at course. the end of the day, I love my job. Yeah. And I love the team I have. Like, they're amazing. So, honestly, I love my team. That's what I love about my job is the people I work with. Um, And then being able to learn. Like, every day I'm learning something different. Like, I, again, I'm not a computer person. So when I need help on it, like, I can do pretty tech savvy with, like, the programs I use. But after that, I'm just awful. So I love being tech savvy. And I like knowing what I know. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels good. Like, to me, I think a lot of people know what I do. But then when I talk to people, they have, like, no idea. So I love to explain it somehow. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I just really love, like, animating a character. Like, I love um, acting animation. So there's acting and then, like, more technical action animation. I love acting animation. So that's, like, the uh, facial Lip sync, moving very bubbly thing, not walking or anything, walking, walking and dancing. Can't do that. <laughs> very bad at that. But I love acting animation like more than anything. And yeah, I just love like when you hear the audio and then bringing that into a character that has not, has no movement at all. And it's like putting those two together. So that's what I really love is acting animation mm-hmm. and being able to bring them to life. Exactly. Bring mm-hmm. a character to life and how that mood is happening and how they're talking. Cause Fergie, like Alice, Alice is very bubbly and happy all the time. But then like Fergie, the rabbit is very, very anxious. So he's always like tapping his foot. He's, he's touching his ears. His nose is wiggling, like having all those little details for each character. So, because each character, totally different personality. So, mm-hmm. it's nice to have that balance. And, like, Rosa, she's very more, like, fairy-like. And instead of, like, Hattie is more, like, doing flips and talking nonstop. And he's very goofy in that way. So, yeah, I know it's very nice. It's very cool and nice. And I enjoy getting different personalities. Like, it's it was hard to start 
trying to figure out each personality for each character. But once you get into it, it's like, you're oh. like, oh, you know that. It's I like, love the way you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. I love it. So, <laughs> okay. Hopefully that made sense. Um, what but, is your knowledge base? Like, what is your knowledge base for um, like that kind of acting like knowing that each character has its own personality mm-hmm. and then they have certain ticks or certain ways that they move or they, they scratch themselves or like yeah. you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Where'd you get that from? So we have like kind of like a show Bible that we mm-hmm. get when we start on mm-hmm. the show. So it just tells mm-hmm. you a bit about each character and what they do, what they normally do. So, um, because obviously Fergie, he's the rabbit, so he's always has a pocket watch. He's always like cautious about his time. So anytime there's like a pocket watch where he's nervous, he's always like looking at the watch, like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? Like we're going to be late. We're going to be late. So, um, and everybody's like, chill out, buddy. So, um, but yeah, we do have like a show Bible. I'm assuming they have it for every show, but I've been on the show for two seasons now. So yeah, yeah. I mean more like, like, do you, you seem to be very observant and you do like study People like who are a little bit different around. What, what like, you, he's trying to get you to admit that you never took my drama class <laughs> and that you should feel bad not. about it. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I was not. But she got her education all, in drama anyway. Exactly. Um, honestly, I think it's from watching watching animated movies. A hundred percent. Like I grew up watching animated movies. Obviously, Disney, Pixar. You're, um, you're a fan. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. So, like, I remember in one of the shots um, in season two that we're working on. You haven't seen it yet, but so I can't really tell you much about it. But I could. NDA. I, <laughs> NDA is going to come get me. <laughs> so if I disappear oh, they have after people this people with sunglasses outside right now. Yeah. Yep. We got coffees too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't. I I saw this. So I posed it, but when getting an animation, I'm looking at it. It was one of the characters, and I'm looking at him, and, I'm, and I hear the audio, and he's really excited, and I and he's kind of like how he's posed. He's kind of like moving, like wailing his hands, and I'm just like, like we ref we can take references from a lot of places. Like I got um, a reference from like even like Ariel, like an anime. They wanted like the client wanted it to look exactly like pretty close to this. Mm. I nailed it. Mm-hmm. I got I got a nice shout out for mm-hmm. that. So that was great. Um, and they loved it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, normally for references, we can either film ourselves, we can look, um, like I normally look at GIFs online if I'm looking for like a chew or if I'm looking for like a giggle and I need to see how it moves or YouTube even. Um, but I actually referenced uh, Shrek, Shrek 2, I think it was. Uh-huh. I remember this, because I love Shrek. I've watched it millions of times and there was this one part and as soon as I saw this, animation and heard the audio i'm like i'm gonna do this so then i pulled up the, the part of the movie huh. and i just referenced it and it worked i got that shot got approved right away and so i'm wow. just like so sometimes i do have ideas like when i look at it and hear the audio like i play it back and i'm just like okay i know what i want to do here sometimes i have no clue so that's what i miss in person like someone would we could bounce ideas off each other if we were in person with other animators but unfortunately i can't sometimes so, uh, so you record a lot of reference video to get it. No, you don't. I don't. No. Yeah. Not at all. I think, I think I tried once, but it's just a whole process to uh-huh. record it, upload it to like the system, and then uh-huh. put it kind of with your, 
with your shot, uh-huh. or you can just look at your phone. So yeah, I normally just look on YouTube or GIFs, honestly. I if see. If it's something short, but because I saw some yeah. that they released some for um, um, across the Spider Verse. Yeah, and it was just so fun to watch because so the cool. animators are just messing around and mm-hmm. slipping and falling and and stuff like that yeah. in in the reference videos and that's what a lot of them based it on well, i thought that was such an interesting process yeah when you see a lot of the the disney behind the scenes stuff a lot of animators have a mirror yeah and they'll make faces at themselves in the mirror and then animate and mm-hmm. it's neat um when you cuz i guess these animators they see a little bit of themselves in these characters i think so yeah 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 that's fun it's fun, yeah. So like, it's but, almost like they're playing that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you exactly. mentioned you mentioned uh, Shrek as an influence on you. You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, um, Tiana. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Um, what are some other influences that kind of have affected your your style or your the way you think about animation? Mm, oh gosh. Yeah. Do you have heroes? Like, who are you? Who do you look <laughs> up to? Um. <clears throat> I don't, I don't honestly don't really have any, like, I have, like, Disney artists that I look up to, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they all either design merchandise, they're mm-hmm. not really animators. Like, mm-hmm. it's weird, like, when people ask me, like, oh, yeah, who's your favorite animator? I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like, I know a lot of animators probably have, like, oh, I want to be, like, this, this animator one day, I love their style. I'm like, I don't really don't have that, unfortunately. Like, I've, I've seen a lot of. Um, so like, I don't know if you heard of Gravity Falls. Mm -hmm. Um, so, oh, what was the guy's name that made it? He did the voice acting and he drew all the stuff. I didn't know that. I met him. Ooh. I met him at D23 and it was literally amazing. You went to you D23? D23? I went to D23 twice. Oh, <laughs> gosh. After grad. After grading here, me and mom went. So oh. that's when I met him. So the creator of Gravity Falls. You lucky. I want to go to D23. <laughs> it was, yeah. The first time was better than my Let's second go, time. Let's go, well, the second time was Bob Chapek. Was it? It was <laughs> like in 20... I don't even know when I went last. Ugh. It was like 2017. No, that might have been Iger still. I think Iger, yeah, that was my first time. I don't, And then I went like two years later, I think. So like 2019-ish. Mm-hmm. But, so you um, met the creator of Gravity Falls at D23. At D23, yes. So that's amazing. Um, I also met... Uh, I don't know if you know Steve Thompson. He designs a lot of the... Um, Limited edition dolls at the Disney store. Oh, cool. Um, the ornaments. Yep. Yeah, met him. He also used to be a Disney cast member, like in the Disney store years ago. Um, so I met him. So I have a lot Is of it, Disney uh, artists. Alex Hirsch? I think. Alex Hirsch, yes, yeah. I met him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. He I'm was just, I just amazing. looked it up. <laughs> I'm just like, what is it? It was like something. So yeah, he signed my whole like journal three. Yeah, it was a whole thing. I was very happy to see him. Um Oh, that's so cool. But yeah, so I have a lot of... D- and then, like, the guys that created Phineas and Ferb, like, the two guys, <sighs> yes, they had... Dan like, and Swampy? Yes, I didn't meet them, but I went to both their panels, um, and the guy that voiced Phineas was there also on the second time I went, so mm. I have a lot of Disney artists I look up to, but mostly they are 2D. I don't right. have a lot of 3D sure. people, unfortunately, but... Uh, and, like, Mark Hen, I met Mark Hen. Uh, he... Who did he animate? I don't know if he animated Ariel... Jasmine and maybe Lion King. Yeah, he did all like the classic for that too. But all these so animators cool. are super like antisocial, so <laughs> they're like oh. standing there like oh, it's like yeah. What is it? Is we it, are. It's interesting. Like there, there's a great documentary that used to be on Netflix and talking about things that get pulled. 
Um, I bought it on DVD, and it's called I Know That Voice. And it's about the voice a- animation voice industry. And the, there are some things that the, the actors say that they like about animation is the anonymity. Um, one, one of the ladies was talking about, you know, I have a friend cause we're all in the industry together. I have a friend that's a movie star and I said, Hey, we should take our kids to Disneyland. And she's like, I can't do that. And it's like, yeah, you're right. People would recognize you and you get swamped. But when you're in animation, mm-hmm. you get to maintain that anonymity. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that for, and I'm not trying to call all people in animation introverts. Um, they definitely are. But you, 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 like you can be in the entertainment industry and work at a very, very high level mm-hmm. and still maintain your personal privacy. Yeah, because 100%. you don't get seen. Yeah, yeah, not at all. Unless you want to be seen, unless you want your stuff out there. And yeah. like, if I did not show anybody anything, they would have no idea yeah. like, what I do at all. But. Yeah. I mean, there are some, like um, Swampy and Jeff, like those guys, yeah, you recognize those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. if you saw them, you yeah, know yeah. them. And I think Matt Groening, who created Futurama and The Simpsons, I think he's mm. a, a big enough guy now that you could recognize him. Seth, Seth MacFarlane mm. created Family Guy. You'd recognize him. But, you, you know, um, the the people that created the characters in Frozen. No clue. No clue. <laughs> and as you've been saying, to be an animator, you have to be an actor. Yeah. It, it is. It's an acting job. And and everybody around the world is seeing your acting work mm-hmm. and they don't know you. Not at all. That's so cool. Yeah. Especially it's crazy because, especially in a TV show, everything got to look cons- consistent yes. to a point, but you're still animating like how you animate. Yes. But it has to be animated how the client, client wants, wants it. this yes. character to look. Yes. So if you got Hattie looking very... Very sad all the time. That's not his personality. So you're going to get like, hey, like, what's up? That's mm-hmm. not who he is. You're going to have to fix that, right? So, or if you're animated in a different kind of style that doesn't, like, if you're animating very um, realistic, mm-hmm. you're going to get told, like, you need to go more cartoony and bigger movements and bigger this, bigger that, like, anything bigger, bigger is better. So, mm-hmm. um, especially in cartoony world. Oh, totally. So, yeah. Um, I have two questions. Please. And I'm not sure if these are appropriate questions, but we can always cut. Um, (laughs) I don't cut. It's all raw footage. So so you are employed by Icon Entertainment. Mm -hmm. What if Disney canceled your show? What what would be your job or would you still have a job? Uh, I feel like that would be if Icon is able to... Like pick up a find different a different contract. project. Find yeah. a different project yeah. that's either ongoing or is gonna about to start, but mm-hmm. we have no idea what those are. We know ongoing ones, um, but unless mm-hmm. they're released, can't tell you guys, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um so either we would be transferred to a new project. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Transfer to a new project or Okay. Fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laid off. Laid off. Um, Thanks next for question. bringing it down, <laughs> No, no. So so let's flip it. Um yeah. not not to down talk icon that. entertainment, but no, do you have aspirations of going south and actually <laughs> not not working for a subcontractor, <laughs> but instead of working for the client, being the client. Being the client to do yeah. that. Um I have Look, because obviously, like, Disney is my... Well, I really want to work for Pixar. I love Disney, but yeah. I've worked with them, so I know their company yeah. employment style, yeah. mm-hmm. which is, yeah, um, questionable, but that's okay. Um, 
but I really want to work for Pixar. So Pixar is my end end goal in my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Um, but Disney did open a studio out in Vancouver, mm-hmm. so I have a they have had three D animation openings. I have applied. Mm-hmm. I did hear back that I didn't get in the first time, but then they had another. So I, I keep my eye open for mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But I. I think that's the only thing I'm looking for to try to get there is the one out here at the moment because they're actually doing TV shows right now, mm-hmm. I believe, at the Disney one that I've heard around social media. Mm-hmm. But so trying to get in there, but of course that it's going to be a bit harder to get into. But after a couple years, which I'm fine with staying at Icon, and mm-hmm. they're still doing Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we got some cool projects happening. So, um, no, Icon was like a really, really good start for me, and I'm really happy I got onto this. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and goal? Work for the mouse. Work for the mouse. Have you ever, like, ma- like I know you don't have any side time <laughs> because you're so busy. <laughs> Barely. But, so sad. like, have you, have you ever tried, like, making your own animation <laughs> or, Ooh. like, come I, up with your own story? Uh, I, I, you probably did as a project in, in school. But. Yeah, I did in college, which was literally, they even said, like, that's probably your only time in your career that you're going to be able to do something you want to do because mm-hmm. you're going to be have to follow everybody else's like view on what this show is going to be. So you can't really have that much freedom. Um, so, uh, no, not since college. I have not, I have barely even like drawn. I miss drawing and painting. I don't, I like, I don't know. Like when I'm working, I get, it's tiring. Like I work eight hours a day, Monday to Friday. Um, but yeah, it's mentally draining. Like it's not fit. Like when I tell people, they're just like, "Oh, your job's easy. Your job's easy." It's like honestly, like physically, yes. Mentally, no. Well, so, even physically, if you're sitting there all oh, day, yeah, I, I'm like, I can't. No, I can't they sit want us to walk day. around and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I try walk you around, go into the living room, <laughs> grab a snack, come sit down. But. So that, that's actually an interesting question. You say that you work eight hours a day, Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Is there opportunities for overtime? Yes. So thankfully, so like we even got told in college, like, like even when you're starting out, like people, I'm not saying Icon does because Icon has been very, very nice, but in studios around that you are applying to, they will lowball you for your work, obviously, or they will take advantage of you. It's just what the industry is. Like we know that, but there's not like a set, not like a set pay, not a set, like how, Mm -hmm. how stuff that should be. Like for like a regular office job, how you have like, oh, this is how much you're going to be doing. This is the work you're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Like that's very different in the industry. It's going to be very random depending on the Mm -hmm. studio you go to. And so, um, so yes, to that question, yes, we do have option for overtime and which is really nice. So we do do get. Well, in a job like yours, it's like, it's project based Mm -hmm. and you have a deadline. So, um, I'm sure. When it gets closer to the deadline, you're working extra hours <laughs> yeah. to yeah. get it like finished, I, I, right? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I have a buddy that's a software programmer. Yeah. Oh, gosh, and yeah. And you know, I don't want to out him or his company <laughs> or anything, but there were there would be a lot of times where he'd be on deadline, mm-hmm. and just because the typical nine to five workday is over, no, 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 no the no, work no. is not done until the work is done, until yeah. the client is satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's 100%. Yeah, like, you know, there's overtime for the sake of, I'm going to work overtime and get paid more, but it's yeah. not about that. It's about, we have a deadline and yeah. we have to get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I had a, a friend of mine, she was doing, I won't say where she was working, but she was working somewhere and in the same industry. And... Mm-hmm. um 
they weren't offering her, they weren't paying for her overtime or, or sometimes somehow comping her for her overtime. So mm-hmm. it's like not a lot. We don't get paid. Um, we might not get paid for it or it might go towards like vacation. It might go sure. f- like an extra pay on our check, yep, like yep, something yep. like that. Um, and she was not getting paid for her overtime, even though she barely worked any. And I'm like, girlfriend, you can't be doing that. Like mm-hmm. that, that they're taking advantage. I don't care where you're working. That's not okay because in because we went to the same college, they always told us every single teacher is like, they will try to work you and try to get you for free as much does whatever studio you're working at. Like if they can get your labor for free, they will mm-hmm. because they have a deadline and they need it done. But will they pay you for your time? That's not always the case. So it's just trying to find a good company. So that's why I'm very happy at Icon. I'm very mm-hmm. good. Like. Yeah, they treat us pretty damn well. So compared to some of uh, the stories I have heard at other mm. studios. So, um, but yeah, it's just like they tell us in school, but like it's your first job. If you're just starting, you're going to try to do everything you can to get into a job, get mm-hmm. paid. And then so if you're working crazy hours and not getting paid for it, like that's up to you if you want to put in those hours and mm-hmm. not get paid for your career. But sometimes it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. So I'm lucky I didn't have to do that, but yes, I do work, like I'm doing overtime like this week and next week Mm -hmm. to get our deadline done. Mm -hmm. So like that's my, like sometimes we do get help, which is really nice. Like when Mm -hmm. a lot of teams are in layover, they're waiting for a new um, episode, we help other teams in my studio, which is really nice because then we get to work with other people, we get to work with other directors um, on a different episode. So you're touching more of the shots, like shots get touched by everybody, not just you, which is amazing. Um, the whole collaboration with that, like I even told them, like, I love helping other teams. It's great. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, the deadline will be, it's your deadline. So if you don't get your shots done, it's going to be passed on to somebody like the help, but Mm. like the help that you're getting from other animators, but, you, you you don't want that. You want all yeah, your yeah, shots yeah, as yours. Course. So like you try your best to get get them done, and especially like it's very they want you like fast and efficient. So mm. good animation, but you got to be fast. But if you're animate if you're going fast, but your animation is not that good, then slow down and like yeah, it's kind of like that balance. But has the writer's strike affected you at all? That I have not heard anything about because I'm still on. So we're working on season two. It has been out that season two is going to mm-hmm. be happening. Well, and so it's I probably already been it. written. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we're, so, we're, yeah. we're almost done it. Yeah, so, the writing work is done, and yeah, now you're just so, animating. Yeah, exactly. But, like, for anything <clears throat> after, if whatever we're going to be working on next, I have no idea. That's yeah. what my grandma thought, too, about the writer's strike, cause mm-hmm. it's par- especially if Disney, because Disney's in the U.S., of course. Yeah. So I don't know if it's moved over here to Canada that much or if mm-hmm. it does affect us, but so far I haven't really heard anything. So mm-hmm. I hope, I hope not, but, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things. It's, it's the dark cloud hanging over the industry yeah. right now. I think um, a lot of, and we talked about, about uh, AI when I was talking to Han as well, because she was the last interview I did. Mm-hmm. Um, are you concerned at all about, that? because that's one of the things they're striking about, right? That AI could replace some of the things that writers traditionally would be asked to do, mm-hmm. taking those jobs away from them, the creative process away from them, because yeah, you could just generate a prompt and get, you know, copy, or you could get potentially, um, nowadays you could get images or, or video. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's something, because I know there was something happening with an artist strike, but I don't know if that was, that didn't come out here that I've seen, but um, 
But yeah, I feel like it will, like even my friend was wondering about the artist strike like way back, I think it was at the beginning of the year or last year. It was a bit ago. And he was wondering like, oh yeah, a lot of people even got laid off or they all, yeah, we're doing the whole strike, but I haven't, I feel like it will hundred percent affect my, like not my career, but like my job Mm -hmm. because yeah, I don't, I don't write. However, but I need that to work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So like, it's a lot yeah, of, yeah. which is really sad for writers and everything, because like this is what they love to do, and they're not being able to do it, or they're not being paid enough to do it. So um, it's the it's the ripple effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, even like in the industry, how every, it has to go down a pipeline. Well, so does everybody trying to make this show first mm-hmm. and then take it to actual production mm-hmm. view with the mm-hmm. animators and the riggers and the modelers, but. Um, yeah, so I hope it doesn't affect too much, but it, it most likely would. You're, you're starting to see more AI things built into like the Adobe suite. Um, cause I, I've seen it, yeah. I forget, it's called Adobe Firefly, which where you could like, you could type in a prompt and it'll generate a background for you to put behind your, your photo really? and it will replace the background that you have and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Canva, which a lot of people around here use, which yeah, is really Canva. easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some built in AI components really? where you can just type in, uh, I want to see a, a dog riding a camel eating an ice cream and then it'll like create that for really? you. Wow. Um, so as it gets more and more advanced, which is like, I guess the only way to go, mm-hmm. um, potentially like some of these things could creep up into <laughs> what you're doing which is yeah. to me kind of scary cuz you already you can you can uh make people say whatever you want in their voice right yeah like it's frightening and then like cause my brother's a tattoo artist and so obviously he designs a lot of his tattoos but or like even just regular artists, like why pay an artist to paint a portrait of you when you can get it like fully intensified with AI? So like that's what I feel is really unfortunate because a lot of these artists are how you hear struggling artists, but like now they're literally it's worse. It's even worse now, and I feel yeah. so bad because I'm just like these people. This is like they have a skill, and now it's just kind of getting pushed under the rug because oh I can do it now for free or I can do it for now for like 50 bucks not 1500 for your hand drawn hand painted um, piece of art that I'm going to hang on my wall so yeah I feel like that that's going to be a really hard thing like just in the art industry in general from writing to painting drawing computer um, art but um, I don't know if you guys seen Invasion yet the Marvel invasion. Oh no, not yet. Okay, because the whole opening scene, there was so much. Co- so there's this, yes. so much controversy. It is AI, yeah. and it literally, sorry, Marvel, but it does not look good. Uh-huh. Like I'm looking at, I'm like, what am I looking at? Because I'm just like, and then so there's this like Instagram. I can't uh, believe they did that. I was shocked, especially like a big name company like that. Like you couldn't pay. 20 artists to make this for you or even just one artist probably could have done better than that and I was very disappointed I'm like I love Marvel but I'm just like what are you doing bud well it's funny I haven't seen it but hearing yeah. you talk about it gives me faith, <laughs> faith that, that AI can't take over that I we need yeah. artists like I get what they were getting at because it, it I wouldn't even say it fit well with the, the show mm-hmm. like the show was the show was great 
but mm. like the the like I don't know if it was the end credit part two, but it was mostly just the whole opening with all the people that yeah your normal opening number for um, Marvel stuff. But yeah, no, it did not go over well at all. Wow, at all. No. Yeah, just no. Google it. It's bad. It gives me faith. Gives me faith I that artists so. are not disposable. Yeah. yeah. But the, as well, technology improves. Yeah. So okay. it's kind of it's kind of scary. <laughs> Unless we stop it. Stop well, it. That's the thing. That's what they're talking about, right? Like yeah. even even as teachers, we're seeing a lot of kids just cheat on stuff. Chat and GPT that it's, essay? It's hard to tell. I'm like, what? It's, what what is these words? <laughs> it is it is so hard to tell when, yeah. when it's like, I'm like Did we you have make to do that? like Wait. old school cheating. I'm not saying I cheated, but like we have to do like paper, <laughs> slide you, paper, show I gave you in class essays. You had to write by hand on a piece of paper. Does nobody do you guys not do that anymore? I haven't given well. I don't teach English as oh, a standalone yeah. course anymore. But but, is it all but I, we go we do so much on Google Classroom now, oh. and and we ba- we have so many more Chromebooks than when you were here, mm-hmm. and and so much of it is now typed. There's not a lot of handwritten really? anymore. And uh, now that there's Chat GPT, I think you're actually going to see a lot of teachers go back next year for sure. Mm-hmm. While we're kind of in this moment where Chat GPT is so new. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to a bunch of teachers that said, "Yeah, we're going to go back to handwriting next year because we need to ensure academic integrity." Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an interesting moment. That's crazy. Yeah, I've witnessed it so many times, not from mm-hmm. my own class, but, but yeah. I see kids coming in during after school or during flex time. I'm like, "What are they doing? They're just literally just copying, copying and pasting, pasting the assignment, mm-hmm. getting the entire write up, and then just pasting it back into a doc and mm-hmm. sending it in." And that's it. Yep. What? They haven't done any any thinking or anything. Yep. Yeah. It's a game changer. It's like, oh my gosh. So, wow. I mean, wild. Yeah, it is a it is a different time for sure. Yeah, very. That's upsetting. I'm just wondering. I mean, I already asked you what your favorite animations are, but mm-hmm. um, have there been any animations recently or in the past where you've looked at it and you went, "That is so cool." I'd wonder how they did that. Like, I don't know if you follow any Japanese animation or different styles of animation, um, but have you have you like across the Spider Verse? Yeah, like I saw that oh, and I was like, too. "Whoa, was that is Kung's amazing. obsessed." I'm absolutely well. Even <laughs> into the Spider, <laughs> even the first Spider Verse, I was like, "Yeah, wow, this is different." Yeah, I think the first. So way back when I was doing college, um, that's when the first Spider Verse came out. And I want to do a project just like that. I want to do half and half. I want to do 3D animation and 2D. And I'm like, what are you doing, Dave? This is what? <laughs> like, I had high hopes. I'm like, I could totally do this and definitely did not even try. Um, but I think that was the movie that I'm like, damn, like, I want to work on this. Like, this is phenomenal. This is gorgeous to look at. I want people mm-hmm. to come and be like, wow, that's freaking cool. And um so I'd say back in college, so like 2020 area, um, it was Spider-Verse. But recently, what have I seen? <coughs> One that was amazing, I actually saw it with my brother, and I think he enjoyed it, um, was Turning Red with mm. uh, Mei Ling oh, Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That's that, on Disney Plus, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. She's from Toronto, I think. She, yeah, yeah. It's a whole Canadian. Like, mm-hmm. it was just. Yeah, it's I'd very Canadian. Very, yeah. very Canadian. I loved mm-hmm. it. But it was very to me, because yes, I do watch anime, but of course it's all drawn. Mm-hmm. But I love anime. Um, it's Domi Shi, right? Domi Shi. Uh, Who did Turning Red? Red? It sounds familiar. I want to say yeah. yes. Yeah. And she also did that Pixar, that uh, short. 
called Bao. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. pig, I love shorts. Yeah. Shorts are my thing so much. Yeah. Like six minutes. She did that one. Amazing. That was her first big oh, thing. I yeah. loved Bao. Yeah. I literally bought the mug from the Disney store just from that yeah. short. It's wow. huge. Um, yeah. But yeah, Turning Red was probably one of my favorite recently. I'll never forget it. I've watched it a few times. Um, but how they kind of added in. It was very cartoony, of course, very 3D animated. I even told my brother, like, that's what I do for a living. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but they had a lot of, like, anime-inspired I- I- expressions, like how uh-huh. they have the big eyes mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. have, like, the hard eyes and all yeah. that kind of, like, super girly animated um, animated and anime style within it. And it just really in- – incor- I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it properly, but I think I Turning Red, yeah, yeah, yeah was cool. it was amazing. Yeah. And, of course, the new uh, – uh, Spider-Verse, Multiverse. That was, yeah. That's the most, most recent. Amazing. I just can't. I, I just keep, like, it's just beautiful. I'm like, how, how do they do this? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, trying to think of what else I've seen. Have you seen Demon Slayer? Yeah, of course I have. That <laughs> animation is oh my beautiful as well. That like I gorgeous. Like the the action that's in there, all the different you know different types of breathing and yes, it's oh my so gosh. cool. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know there was a new like new season out, so I started. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I went on Crunchyroll, found that, but I started watching um, Jujutsu Kassen. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Um, started watching that, and I'm like, okay, I'm like that's pretty good. I really I just enjoy like fighting and kind of like more dark anime. So like I watched Death Note. That one was more like chill. Mm-hmm. Chill, kind of mysterious, mystery thriller. Um, Attack on Titan, like the earlier seasons were good. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Anime. I've heard of that. I haven't seen it. Honestly, it's weird as hell. But <laughs> the it looks so nice. Na- like, because each, each um, season is a different art style. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in That's fight cool. scenes, yeah, when they're in fight scenes or if something dramatic's happening, it changes the color. So like it changes like literally the mood. It changes the mood but with color. So like if the the villain and one of the heroes, let's say, in the anime is fighting and pretend their colors are like normal, like, oh, he's wearing like a black and white outfit and then the villain's wearing he'd normally wear like yellow and stuff. Well it would change, he would be like full purple type mm-hmm. and then like green like it was like that contrast but it worked together but totally two different colors like i think that like jojo's bizarre adventure like the storyline is kind of weird but it's really cool mm-hmm. once you get into it like the first season's really rough but season two beyond i think there's like six mm-hmm. watch them all obsessed but it's just each season's a different art style a different wherever they are like paris and fran like, i don't know where they have where they are. But yeah, visually very pleasing. One Punch Man. I have it. My brother has. First season. Okay. Second season, it kind of went downhill. Oh, really? uh, the animation went downhill. I keep looking dramatically. at it. I'm like, mm-hmm. Doesn't look good. But the first season, it's just so over the top. Because really? it's about a guy who <laughs> apparently did a whole bunch of training and became the most powerful <laughs> hero in the Wild. world. And he, he can like destroy the worst enemy with like one punch, right? <laughs> but it, it's it's funny. It's yeah. so funny. See, I love that. Yeah. My brother's obsessed with Dragon Ball Z. I have not started yet, <laughs> but he literally, yeah. I'm like, okay. He's like, it's so good. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's on the list. <laughs> if so I have like a few years to. All of these different, the more 
stuff you watch, I guess it, it informs what you do. I think so. Yeah. Or like sometimes if I have like, like, of course, like kind of people have like writer's block or art block. I do get blocked sometimes where I'm just like, or I get in my my brain, I'm like, wow, I suck at my job. Like I'm so slow today or I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, and then I like watch some animated movie. I'm like, oh, I love this. I love this. And then I just like take a little brain break and then go back. And then you're like, you're fine. But like you, you have, I feel like in any like art related, um, in not industry, any art related profession. profession, Yeah. yeah, Any art related profession, it's going to be very tough because you don't get praised a lot in our industry. So you kind of just like, if that shot's good, you're going to get a little check mark by your thing and then you're good. Like, it makes you feel good. But if you get, like, a note, like, sometimes, many times I get, like, obviously when I was starting out, I got a lot of notes and, like, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, try this. Like, not like you are wrong, but, like, here's how you got to fix some things. Mm-hmm. It's just the feedback. And then a ride director is always like, this looks good, but, and then gives mm-hmm. me the thing. And I'm like, like, I'll take it. Like, that. Yep. that's all your, that's the closest I'm getting to a wow day. This is amazing. You yep. should keep going. You're, you're great in your career. We don't get that. We don't get, like, that's why it's really hard. You have to be kind of okay with not getting, like, wow, that looks great from people that mm-hmm. you look up to. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, my mom's like, wow, day, this looks amazing. I'm like, thanks, mom. And then I get the notes back and I tell her and she's like, I like, She's like, I thought it looked good. I'm like, okay, mom, but this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. She's like, I didn't even notice. It's always away. good to have a mom there. Mm-hmm. Literally, yeah. No, she she gets it. But um, but if you ask her what I do, she cannot tell you at all. She just knows I animate for Disney. That's about how'd it. You, That's so how'd cool. you get into Disney? You must have, like, I know you, like, have been to Disney parks quite a lot, right? Like, it's like an annual thing for you, right? Yeah, I've been to Disneyland 14 times. Wow. So when you were growing up, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess... Fault. Yeah? Yeah, so like, since... I think my first time I went, I was two, but obviously I don't remember. So technically when I was four, I would say. Um, but that was our family trip every year. So me and my mom and my grandma would always go, and then we would cruise home. So we'd go down for five mm. days and cruise home for three days, the repositioning the re- repositioning cruise. cruise, yeah. Yeah, so it was from Cali to Vancouver. Oh, repositioning. So, yeah. so, so the all, ship, yeah, all the cruise ships that do the winter west coast of Mexico that come up and do the Alaska run all summer, oh, they, they reposition from oh, okay. California to Vancouver. So yeah, you might as well take some people. Yeah. Some people. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drop them off, pick some more up. Um, so yeah, that was our literal since like kindergarten all the way up to grade. Um, so in elementary school, all the way to grade seven, uh, we'd go every single year. So kind of at the, around May-ish was our normal time, beginning of May, because it wasn't too hot, wasn't too cold. Um, so yeah, that was most of the time. Hit high school, didn't go as much, but I tried. And then of course, when I hit, when I worked at the Disney store, it was cheaper to go because <laughs> I got in for free. I didn't have to pay. And then we got discount on hotels and everything. So when I was working at the Disney store, I finally got to stay at like the Disneyland hotel. I've stayed there twice. Not unfortunately at the grand. Cause I got let go before I could stay at the grand Californian and Disneyland. But, um, but yeah, no, I went an awful lot. So I have to thank mom for my Disney addiction, but, uh, but yeah, no. Have you been to it. other Disney parks? I haven't. Really? Not even Disney world? No, because my oh. my whole thing. Yeah. So Walt Walt Disney, he that's the old, Disneyland is the only park he ever was in, walked mm-hmm. in. He died before World was done. Mm-hmm. So it's just 
there's just so much more history in Disneyland, and it's smaller, of course. It's smaller. Uh-huh. There's two parks. You can do it both in a day. But the, that's totally true. The, yeah. the candle in the fire yes. hall window. Yep. There's a candle, and he always every time Walt would go into the park and open up the park, he would turn on the light, turn on like this little, I don't even know what it is, candle light lamp mm-hmm. above the fire hall in Disneyland on Main Street before mm-hmm. you hit Main Street. And, and now after he passed, they do it. All the time. Like, you can stand there and watch it get turned on when the park opens. So it just has so much history. And then I've never done – there's, like, a like a walkthrough you can do, like the walk walk in Walt's, Walt's footsteps. footsteps. It's, it's expensive, but you get to walk kind of where – you get to go into his apartment above where the fire hall is, where the lamp is. You get to go oh. in there and you get to walk, like, where he literally walks. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, I just feel like there's so much more history behind Disneyland and in it than mm-hmm. – World. I've I've been to Disney World and I really like it. But what my my least favorite is Magic Kingdom. Really? Because it's the one that's trying to be Disneyland, Mm. and it's not Disneyland. (laughs) See, I don't like see like that. Like I would love to go to like Tokyo. Yeah. Like the Japan one. Like I would love to go there or Paris. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like World's too big, and yeah, it's too much trying to incorporate everything into one place. You have to hop on a a tram to get to to the different parts. Like Epcot is really cool. Animal Kingdom is really cool. Disney Studios is really cool. They're all good parks. Mm -hmm. And Magic Kingdom, it's it's Mm -hmm. got its virtues, but it's trying to be Disneyland California, and it's just not. And and when when asked to describe it, I just say it's it's missing Walt. Yeah. That's what's missing. Yeah. There's just something that, that's what a lot of people said about Bob Iger. Like he was the closest you could yeah. get to Walt Disney because he, he was not thinking money. He was thinking like, how can I make this more magical for the yeah. guests? Like, how can I get the guests to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Bob Chapek, when he was there and he was CEO for however the hell long he was, very. Too long, but also not <laughs> too long. Too long, but long, not long yeah. at all. And he was like in and out as fast as he could. But, um, Everybody was complaining because it was all, all I feel like money. all about the money going into the park, and they made like this. Oh my gosh! Well, you look at this. how much you have to pay for the parks now, and yes. the fact that you have to get the genie plus or yeah, whatever the That's, heck. And that was the major like. And red park hoppers aren't really park hoppers mm-hmm. anymore. Really? After you have to go, at, you get to go to the other park at a certain time after one or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's totally like different now. It's so restrictive thing. now. Yeah, the whole reservation thing was just garbage. Like, yep. I don't know why. They did not take that away as soon as they should have because mm-hmm. it really screwed up mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of people came, like, we heard, because I have a friend that works uh, in Disneyland in California. or I was going to say California Adventure, but it's, like, both parks. Um, and he does, like, the, he's, like, a real estate person so mm-hmm. he sells like the disney timeshares and oh, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. The vacation club stuff yeah the yeah, vacation yeah, yeah, club yeah. stuff yeah so he does that in the park and everything and he loves his job that's amazing happy for him um but he was even saying like people would come to the or like even online they would say like they would like this whole family came to the park once and they couldn't get in because they didn't make a reservation so they blocked out all this day came down with their family all ready to go and then they're like you don't have a reservation you can't get in oh can i get some like they had the tickets, it doesn't matter what kind of tickets you, like you had tickets, but you did not reserve your days for those tickets. So I just feel like, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it's like, it's like one of those things that is a holdover from COVID when it was really bad. And now they decided, well, we, we can still use this to squeeze as much out of people as we can. Yeah, pretty much. That's literally what he did. So I think there was just so much complaining and that they're like, yeah, I agree. You need to come, come back in. So 
that was like an overnight shift where Iger came mm-hmm. back, Chapek was out, and yeah. So, and it, I feel like it did help a lot, but it's the Disney of, stories were still not it's, bad. It's and, a, and it's a big mess. It is a mess. It is yeah. a mess that he had to come back and unfortunately clean up. And <clears throat> yep. Yeah. But yeah. Well. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Dave. Yeah, this is yeah. Super cool. a lot of fun. I'm like, I could talk all night. <laughs> we, we could talk. We'll, we could we'll talk do a part forever. two. We'll yeah. do a part okay. two. I'll be um, around. Yeah. But it's good to hear how well you've done for yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and even like you're kind of early in your career, but <laughs> already, you know, you're doing stuff that you want to do, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And things that you've dreamed about, which you don't often see, which is why, which is why Turpin doubted you. He didn't doubt <laughs> your okay, okay. skills. So, so I've been thinking about that comment. <laughs> And I think, me, he I, think I have me. to backpedal here. Mm-hmm. Okay, go. It's not that you made it. I think you made it so fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I think that's yeah. what it is. Like, yeah. Fair enough. And yes. it, it's rare. And 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 I taught yeah. you. I taught you in the first year in my career. Like I, you yeah. were my first year being a teacher, and it doesn't feel like I've been here that long. Mm-hmm. Like I still feel like I'm a new teacher, and <laughs> and you you have gone from being in my grade eleven English class. Mm-hmm. To your career, <laughs> where did the time go? Yeah, like, much. like you've you've been very, very successful in a very short amount of time, and it's amazing. Thank you. It's amazing. I'm trying. I'm trying here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we hear from grads sometimes that they're like, "Oh, my goal is to mine Bitcoin and retire when I'm 18." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> sounds, sure." That mm-hmm. sounds great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But I mean, <laughs> you you worked really hard for what you do, and you love what you do, mm-hmm. which is yeah. which is awesome to see. So yeah. yeah. Congrats. Thanks for sharing with us. Yeah, Yeah. always. Very inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you, Day. We've taken enough of your time. Thank you. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Come back soon. I shall. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.